This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Politics Podcast for the Fire Pit on Bulldog Radio Network. I am your host, Noah Kirchin, the news editor for The Torch, and today I am joined by our lifestyles editor, Marissa Russell. Marissa, hello. Hello, Noah. How are you today? I am alive, so there's that. Um, quick thing before we start the show, disclaimer, the opinions expressed on this show are ours and ours only. They do not represent the opinions or feelings of Bulldog Radio, the Fire Pit as a whole, the Torch, and Fair State University, so this is just us talking about politics. That's one thing that's nice about the Lifestyles podcast is I never have to like disclaimer that because... It's literally an opinions-based podcast. <laughs> no, but uh, let's get right on into it with a stimulus update. So, Stimmy. Yeah, Stimmy. So, luckily, uh, we're making progress. Slow progress, but progress nonetheless. So, a few recaps before we get into the new update. Uh, in the Senate, the stimulus is being passed under what's called budget reconciliation, which basically means they assemble each of the teeny tiny little pieces of the bill and then shove them back together so they can vote and only have to get a simple majority instead of a 60-vote majority. See, that sounds just like such a pain in the butt. This is one thing I'm so happy I didn't want to be in politics or anything. See, it is a pain in the butt. However, we'll get to why it has to happen because that's a big part of today's update. Um, Another update, or not update, but recap, uh, the stimulus check will be from current understanding – uh, given to adult dependents. It seems as though it's pretty much anybody over the age of 18 who makes under $75,000 single or 150000 single. I think I could be 5000 off, give or take. Um, but that's pretty much your recap. So, in terms of updates, what a few days. So yesterday, uh, the stimulus bill finally got to the Senate. And yikes um so first of all i believe it was read in its entirety which it's a very long bill and reading it in its entirety uh is going to take an estimated or did take an estimated 10 hours i'm not fully clear on whether or not they read it in its entirety but if they did that took 10 straight hours oh golly so uh now i believe we are into the debate portion of this which means uh democrats and republicans each get 10 hours to debate their case, make their case, and try and get support. Ten straight hours? Ten hours. There's 20 hours of this total, and each side gets ten hours of debate. But, like, ten, like straight ten hours, or is it, like, four hours one day, four hours the next day, two hours the third day? So, Senate scheduling is just a fun thing, because, good question, is my answer is it doesn't really it kind of just goes on how things are going like if they ended up reading the full bill into the night and then stopped after the bill was read and they're starting with debate you'll probably get 10 straight hours of debate today and 10 straight hours of debate on saturday or monday or whenever they decide to pick it back up that's like i work 10 hour shifts for it like that's a lot especially politics just to sit there and listen to debate i could not well, and the thing is, during these debates, um, well, not during these debates, excuse me, this timeline is all over the place because so much is happening. But after the uh, bill was read in its entirety, 
what took place was what uh, people like to call a votorama, which a votorama. <laughs> a bunch of amendments, like probably hundreds of amendments, have been um, offered up to this bill to get voted on, and they have to vote on each individual amendment. So you can imagine how getting a hundred senators' votes on hundreds of things could be a little time-consuming. Um, however, this is just a debacle for the sole fact that this bill will most likely see absolutely zero Republican support. Like, none at all. Well, of course, because if one side wants it, the other side can't let them have it. Well, and this is kind of an interesting phenomenon because Republicans are set in such a way where they can vote no on a stimulus package and still come out fine like they are not going to lose any supporters any funding any sleep any anything after going against a stimulus bill they learned in the obama administration well politicians learned during the obama administration that it's not worth the time to compromise and that the majority just needs to do what they're gonna do because the compromising usually ends up with everybody getting less of what they want, except for Republicans somehow. It's it's just a shocking phenomenon. To well, me. Republicans are also very much set in their ways of they will work for what they want, whereas like Democrats, in my opinion, uh, are very much more giving. They'll, so they'll be like, oh, yes, if this person needs something, we'll be willing to... Uh, give a handout yeah. whereas republicans are like no if you want it you have to go get it which like that's not necessarily a bad thing because like there are a lot of people that are hard working that i know that are republicans but they're also more heartless in a way yeah and the thing is too is like i think we talked about this last week on uh the politics podcast but um uh the Texas governor, Governor Greg Abbott, which we will circle back around to later, don't you worry, um, just put in a request for aid when Texas was in its freeze, and there was no politics behind it, there was no nothing, it was just approved by Biden. There was no hassle, there was no muss, there was no fuss, it was just approved. And in a Trump-era presidency, I don't think we could have expected to see that, but it's just kind of refreshing because usually presidents don't really hold back aid, and that is something we had to get used to during the Trump administration but it's kind of like getting back to what we expect with the Biden administration. Um, so it's currently up to debate, and I'm thinking that it's most likely just going to stay pretty much as intact as it is, just lacking the $15 minimum wage. Um, I would say best case scenario, we're starting to see checks coming out in the third to fourth week of March. Worst case scenario, we're looking at like the first or second week of April. Um, I'm not too worried. I don't think the amount is going to change. I believe it's just going to stick at that $1,400 that we've been talking about for a while. Um, and I'm just so glad adult dependents are getting it. Like, I have had so many, like, financial things just come up in my, like, in 2021. And I'm just... We got really screwed over. Because, like, you could get it if you were not a dependent of your parents. But you couldn't get it if you... Like, I don't know. It was just crazy that we, like, literally every single situation, you just, we just got screwed over. Yeah. Well, and the thing that stinks is, like, I am still claimed as an adult dependent by my parents, but, like, I still 
fund myself. Like, even though I'm still filing taxes and claiming is, like, independent or whatever or personal, I, I don't know the exact term, but um, I'm claiming that way, but I'm still getting screwed out of a stimulus because of my parents. Mm-hmm. And it just, it gets really frustrating at times because I'm still... Like I said, I'm funding myself. Like, I still have bills to pay, and I was still affected by the pandemic. But, you know, it's not going to do any good to just harp on the past, I guess. It was really funny because I was at a get-together with a group of, like, friends, and somebody had made the comment, raise your hand if you got the stimulus. And there were, like, there were probably more people there that, that needed to be during this pandemic, but it's just a group of friends. Like, we've all been hanging out, but... There was, like, maybe one person that raised their hand that they got the stimulus. Which is just mind-boggling to me. Like, I think if anybody would desperately need a stimulus, it's college students. College students, single parents. Yeah, single parents. uh, Those are the two biggest. mm Mm-hmm. Like, college students had their entire lives flipped upside down. And that's not to say that other people didn't. However, I'm just saying, like... For people that were living on campus who just, like, got kicked off of campus and had no, like, basically safety net or warning as to what was going on, like, money could have helped. But, you know, not going to harp on the past. Um, let's Hopeful move in. for the future. Yeah, hopeful for the future. But let's move into our second story, and it is a disastrous one. <laughs> um, Mississippi and Texas have both lifted their COVID mandates entirely. Masks are no longer required. There's no capacity limits, no nothing. It is as if the pandemic were just not going on anymore. That's how it lives in my head. How? How is? How could any person in their right mind think that that is a smart idea? I'm not saying it's a smart idea, but that's what I'm just like sitting here like in the office on a Monday just daydreaming when I'm supposed to be doing work. Like, ah, yes. Go out to a tropical movie without a mask on with my friends. See, I miss it. I really, really Mm -hmm. miss my normal life. But the thing is, is I'm going to keep wearing that mask until the day comes where scientists can, with confidence, tell me I don't have to anymore. See, that's why I got to wonder is that will we ever be able to agree on when we have to stop wearing the mask? Because, like... I know, like, a lot of doctors, like, a lot of my family is in the medical field, and they don't necessarily agree with the masks. They see the statistics. They are medical professionals. They are the people we're supposed to, like, believe in. And they're like, we don't think that you guys should be wearing masks. So it's just like, will we ever be able to come to a point where we, everyone can be like, okay, no more masks? See, I don't think we will. But the thing is, I am in the belief camp that, it's a piece of cloth. Is it really making my life that much diffi- more difficult? Is it really that taxing on my respiratory system? Is it really infringing on my rights? No. And the that thing one, is... That the rights thing just cracks me up. I hear my customers tell me it all the time that it's imposing on their rights or whatever. And I'm just like, having something over your face is horrible? Like, for me, it's kind of nice because it's like, okay, I only have to do my eye makeup now like i don't have people i don't have to care so much in the morning and like i don't mind it like yes i have asthma yes i have bronchitis like i have all these medical issues and i'm just like ah whatever i don't really care see my 
huge problem with people that talk about, oh, it infringes on my rights and blah, blah, blah. Like, when they get into your, your work and you tell them, like, hello, we have a company-wide, like, you must wear a face mask. Oh, we don't location. even do that. Or, or, or I guess this is They just for... complain to complain. They So you can come in. We will not deny you, at, uh, like... Uh, service we won't we don't follow the capacity rule we do have uh signs on our door that says you must wear a mask who we can only have eight people in the store at a time that doesn't mean that people are going to listen to it we're not gonna we can try and say stuff but yeah. if people don't want to listen we're not going to push any farther well the thing is okay so my problem is is when people go into stores or restaurants or businesses or what have you and the business proprietor says we have a mandatory mask mandate inside our store. As a private business, they are allowed to say that to their customers and are allowed to refuse them service based on them not wearing a mask. And people are so up in arms about that. And my problem is if a business is allowed to refuse service in certain areas to like those of the LGBT or those of different like religious backgrounds or what have you. Why should a business not be allowed to kick you out for not wearing a mask? I it's honestly just so crazy that people have taken this so far. It does not matter in the slightest in the grand scheme of things. It is literally a piece of cloth. People are like, oh, well, it's not effective. And like, oh, they're saying it was effective, but it's not. Or And flip-flopping. And it's like, okay, worst case scenario, it isn't effective. Is it really that big of a deal that you're wearing one? But best case scenario, it is protecting yourself and others. And you are wearing one. Or excuse me, you're not wearing one. That's a big deal. What's not a big deal is if it's doing nothing and you're wearing one anyways. Like, I would rather be wearing one and have it not be necessary than not wearing one when it is 100% necessary. Uh, this is kind of off topic, but this is just how crazy people are around here. So I work at a gas station. We have those sneeze shields up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my coworkers, I was in the back, and one of my friends was up at the front at the register. And these two, like, just the embodiment of, like, Big Rapids, Reed City hillbilly truck driving trump support and whatnot whatever Mm -hmm. they came in and they were making fun of my friend that's wearing a mask that we have to wear a mask at wesco yeah i'm sure they tell you as your employees you have to they came over uh were saying mean stuff to him and then licked our sneeze guard and then walked out that is disgusting it kind I, of made me laugh because I was like, think about all those chemicals. Because, like, we do, like, wipe it down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We had two plexiglass sneeze guards at my old work. And <laughs> they were not, like, secured to the counter anyway. They were just kind of, like, on stands. And the problem is people would knock them over all the time. <laughs> Because they just have, like, those little cutouts, like, mm-hmm. that when you, like, walk up to a window at a bank or whatever, they just have that little itty-bitty cutout. So people are trying to slide their items through the cutout so I can scan them. Well, they're, they try and jam an item that's too big or one that's awkward, and they just fall <laughs> right over. So, yeah, I will not be upset when those sneeze shields go away. But um, transitioning into our last set of stories, some good news from the, uh, the House this week. Uh, Democrats passed two 
really important and really fantastic in my opinion bills this week and ooh, i'm just i'm i'm excited about these what are the bills so we have got hr1 or the we the people act that we discussed on a previous politics episode but was that their first one I believe it was our first one. We discussed the We the People Act, which is a voting rights act that basically installs a ton of protections for voters on a federal level so that they can have better access to voting. It's more secure. It's more fair. And just everything. This is like a landmark voting rights bill. And it got passed in the House. And it's on its way to the Senate, and actually, hang on, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. (laughs) So the second bill passed was the uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which, yay. Um, This act bans racial and religious profiling, like, everywhere. Local, state, federal level in policing completely bans it everywhere. So my only issue with that is that, like, I... I don't necessarily anything about that, but I think there was better cases that they could have based it on of because oh, from what I understand, yeah. they weren't necessarily sure that the whole uh, Ger- George Foreman. No, George Floyd. George Foreman's a grill. I, I told you today is fun today. George Floyd. Uh, they weren't sure if it was racial because they thought that this man had been in incidents very, very similar to this including all races, including white. So I think yeah. it would have been nicer to see it named after something more like uh, Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor or, oh gosh, I like any. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from on that one. Um, speaking of which, uh, slight sidebar, I believe uh, the trial of Derek Chauvin is starting next week too. the officer responsible for George Floyd's death. So. It's really taken that long. I mean, yeah, I can well, I can kind of understand because of COVID and that pushed everything back. Because mm-hmm. that happened back in June, I believe. Or no, I think it was before June. March, April, May. I think it happened in May because June was when we did the protests here in Big Rapids. Yeah, so that is finally going up to trial, I believe, next week. Um, but what else this bill uh, includes is no-knock warrants on federal drug cases are allowed anymore. Those are completely gone. And uh, bans the chokehold on a federal level, which, why has it taken so long for that to happen? (laughs) There are so many other methods of sedation or, like, submission that are way, way less harmful. Why did this take so long, is my question. But um, the thing is, is this bill probably won't pass in the Senate. Because it does need a 60-vote majority. And I don't think Republicans are going to give. Again, I don't think they're going to give. And the thing is, is uh, Democrats can try and sway like 10 Republicans and try and get the votes. But in the long term, it's just not going to happen. Republicans are currently going for just strength in numbers. Like, if they all don't vote on something, they are a united front, and that is what they need right now. Their PR needs Republicans on a united front because of the split of, like, old-time Republicans and Trump-era Republicans. Or we I called old-time Republicans McConnell Republicans, but... Um, 
I'd love to hear a podcast where you say something nice about Republicans. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really, I, I would have to, I would have to ponder that for a while, and that may <laughs> make me a bad person, and may make me a politically biased person, and yada yada yada. But one thing I will say is, I keep my bias out of my actual reporting, and that's what all that matters. Yep. So that our own podcast, so our views can be. Uh, shown however we want. Yeah. I I don't know if either of these bills will see the light of day in Senate, but I'm I'm very, very hopeful that at least one of them will. I don't know which one. I think they're both very important and they are like landmark bills that need to be passed when Democrats have control. But it's just a matter of doing it in a tactful way where they can either get the 10 Republicans they need or find a way to do it without them. And I think the latter is what's going to end up happening. We are just in a very awkward political climate and we are very divided on party lines. Like there is just like virtually no like across the aisle unity at this point. I mean, has there ever been? We've always been, especially like, even in the way beginning when we had the, uh, what are they called? Because we didn't originally have uh, Republicans. We had a different no, party. No, it was um, That's the Federalist Party. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, there we was a time in, like, if you look back at, like, presidential maps and, like, voting turnouts and, like, the state associations for, like, political party affiliation from, like, the past, like, hundred years maybe you will see that it was not always based on party affiliation back in like the 60s to i want to say like 80s and my timeline could be super off it has been a while since i've looked into these at length um there was just a clear-cut winner and it wasn't based on party it was just who did better it was just who had the better policy. That was when Kennedy was around, because that was if your if, if your timeline's right, that was sixties uh, with Kennedy. Yeah, which he was probably one of our most beloved presidents. And I mean, if you look at electoral maps from like many elections ago, you will see there were some like shutout elections. Maybe not fully shutout, but like one or two states lacking shutout elections. And we have not been anywhere close to that since I would say the Bush v. Gore election of two thousand. Like, we, I feel like that momentous election kind of set the political tone for the 2000s. At least these 2000s that we're living in right now. I mean, it, I hope it changes soon. Because first of all, the two-party system is a disaster. However, we have been a very strictly party-split country since at latest the 2000s. This could go back further. Like, 2011. Because remember, it came down to, like, literally 500 ballots in Florida. I know nothing about politics, so I don't remember anything. Okay. <laughs> so, basically, the Bush v. Gore election was a basically 50-50 split. And there was an issue in Florida with the way that their ballots were um, cast and that it may not have been easy to tell who the voter voted for. And so there was, like, recounts and everything like that. And it finally ended up going to Bush 
when the electoral board just said, nope, no more. And ever since that election, I believe, is when we got into our such bad party divide. And I, I want to see change, but I think with that, we can conclude our third episode of the Politics Podcast. Uh, did, did we already go over the Texas? Yeah. Did we really? Uh, I told you today's been a day. Okay. We talk, Well, I mean, we talked about a few things related to COVID, but basically, Texas and Mississippi are being irresponsible and lifting all of their mandates way too early. And, you know, it just... I'm not the governors of those places. I can't change them. And I may laugh at some of the TikToks mocking those states, <laughs> but, you know, there's nothing I can really do about it. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is, I guess. Like, I'm expecting to see a spike in cases in two weeks. Tops. But well, I guess we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. You also got to wonder, are they going to be testing as much of the If they don't want to be... Like known that like if they don't if they want to prove that they're doing better than the other states by lifting all these, are they gonna do testing as much? I don't think they're going to change anything with testing. However, I think that their constituents are going to kind of see this as the end of the pandemic, and they are going to think, oh, I don't need to get tested. Like this is over. Like the government lifted all the restrictions. We're done with. COVID, like, I think that it's not going to be that the state is going to start limiting testing. I think it's going to be people are just not going to get tested anymore because they think it's over. You want to know something that's crazy? Always. So in five days, March 10th, it will be one year since our first coronavirus case in Michigan. That is absolutely insane to me. This last year feels like it was an eternity yet also flew by oh i feel that extremely i don't understand how to put it into words but like as the time was occurring it felt so slow however now that i'm reflecting on it i'm like wow that was a year ago that feels like it was like a month ago i mean it doesn't but you know what i mean it just and i think that means that we're then about eight days away from the start of the lockdowns and how Oof. foolish we were. Okay, two weeks of lockdown. Two weeks, <laughs> two weeks of lockdown and we'll get this all done. And yeah, how naive we were. Our, I remember the days of whipped coffee and long walks with my family. And now I just want to sit in a dark room and cry. <sighs> I remember being at my grandparents' house and sneaking out through our back. Might I remind you, I was 19 at the time. Sneaking out of our back door so I could go hang out with uh, some friends that were living in the same house. Because they, like, they had it left. Like, the biggest issue would have been me. But they were fine with me coming in because they weren't doing anything. Yeah, and, like, I, oh, man. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was annoying. Like, I had one of those t-shirt masks. <laughs> what do you, like? You literally, like, cut an oval out of a t-shirt and then put a slit in both sides to hook on your ears. I used to be an idiot. Okay, like I was not doing this right for See, a long time. The crazy thing to me is we weren't even like we still have another like year and a month before we or we still have a month before our year anniversary of like wearing masks. Like it hasn't even been a year yet because we don't weren't originally wearing masks. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't start or I started wearing masks in like the beginning of April. But like I didn't get like real good like three ply masks until like June because I was just 
stupid and didn't understand how this worked. <laughs> and, like, there was a point, too, because, like, we bought um, these T-shirt masks from somebody that had, like, already made them. But then I left them all in my stepdad's truck and didn't have any at my house while he was at work. And so I literally just took an old T-shirt and just cut myself a new one <laughs> and looked like an idiot. So, yeah, don't uh, follow in my footsteps by actual masks. Uh, Think about how much money we could have right now if we were just invested in, like, a stock market of masks. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Like, okay, also, speaking of masks, I have, like, a serious problem with the Old Navy masks. I just keep buying them because they're cute. I That's a huge thing at the daycare, too. Like, the teachers there love them. And I'm just like, dude, I... Like, I'll wear the disposable masks because I'm just freaking lazy because I don't want to have to clean them. The Old Navy ones are three-ply and adjustable, and you can just toss them in the washer. I have, like, 15 at this point. Well, that's not true because I lost one and then one, like, tore open. So I have, like, 13 Old Navy masks, and it is a problem, and I really should stop buying them. But Old Navy just needs to stop making adorable prints. (laughs) But... Yes, blame the company. Yes, it's not my fault. They make their prints too cute. And my credit card just happens to fall right into the reader while they're in my hands. So, you know, it just, it kind of, that's just how the news goes, you know? Uh-huh, so, yes. but I think with that, we can conclude our third episode of the Politics Podcast, actually. Uh, wait, we got to pick an emoji. Ah, shoot, I keep forgetting. So if you listen to the Politics Podcast and you are on our staff or part of Bulldog Radio, we do this thing where we have you send us an emoji that we say at the very end of the episode so we know if you're listening. So far, it's just been Garrett Stack. Thank you, man. You know, I'm really feeling the birthday cake emoji for this. I don't know why. Like, the pandemic's about to turn a year old, or, like, the first COVID case in Michigan's about to turn a year old. I think it deserves a birthday cake. It just breaks my heart to think this has happened for a year. Yeah, same here, same here. So birthday cake in the chats if you are in any of our organizations, please. Yes. Or if you're any of our friends, you can. that can be how you tell us that you're listening because yes. I don't think that our friends are listening. I know of like two of my friends that have actually listened and they've only listened to the Lifestyles podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, with that, I think we can finally actually conclude the third episode of the Politics Podcast. I've been your host, Noah Kirchin, and you can find me on social media at no other reporter. Marissa, would you like to plug anything? Uh, you can follow, follow me on social media at RissRuss, R-I-S-S-R-U-S-S, or RissRuss06. And if you want to like send me some likes, like, yeah. I'd love that. Promote our podcasts for us. Yes. <laughs> and also... Check out the Torch's social media at FSU Torch, or you can find us on our website at fsutorch.com. Thank you, everybody, and have a great weekend.